Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 48 of the Be Awesome podcast. And over the last week, I haven't had, I've had an outpouring of support and questions and interest of all things Be Awesome related. Uh, what I'm doing here locally supporting these uh, great institutions, businesses, and uh, and people doing great things through this unprecedented time of uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19. And I found myself telling the story of how it all started uh, a number of times. And I figured instead of having folks um, go back, you know, 45 episodes and play catch up, I thought I'd go back to where it all started. Uh, it all started back in the um, late June timeframe of 2018. Uh, I decided to start Be Awesome with the intention of writing a book and expanding my public speaking with um, more of a purpose and a delivery of, of, of a message. And uh, I've been working on that. The book is well, well slow going, non-existent at this point because I've been so busy with the public speaking. Um, but I started to do podcasts because it was highly recommended I do that. And uh, I did the first two under my peach tree by myself and found myself saying, I am going to bore people to death if it's just me. And uh, was making a trip to, to Alaska, to Fairbanks, Alaska for a business trip. And prior to going up, I was like, man, I remember a couple years ago reading a newspaper in Anchorage, Alaska about some guy that lives in North Pole, Alaska that has the name of Santa Claus. He's got to have a heck of a story. And so I tracked him down and sure enough, there is a person that lives in North Pole, Alaska, legally named Santa Claus, who happens to also be a city counselor. And I reached out to him and said, I'd really like for you to be on my podcast. And he, uh, he and I had some dialogue back and forth. We decided to meet at the town council chambers to do the podcast episode three, July 20th of 2018. And something incredible happened. Not only did we do a really neat podcast, uh, we bonded and formed a friendship that has lasted almost this two years. And we also did something really cool because uh, I had 10 red Be Awesome shirts made with the intention of selling uh, the 10. I had 12 actually, one for myself, one for Santa, and then 10 that I was going to sell um, and raise $250 and give the money to him for the charity of his choice. I didn't know much about him, but I knew enough to know that whatever he was, his mission was, it was noble uh, and making a difference. And I wanted to do something. Um, the problem was I gave away all the red shirts, but I think one or two of them. So giving him uh, 25 bucks just wasn't in the cards for me. So I committed to giving $3 per shirt forever, um, as long as we sold them to charities that supported um, homeless and foster programs for, for children in the United States. There's 3 million of them currently. And, uh, there was a big deal and we've raised thousands of dollars doing that. And uh, it's all because of the guy that's on the other end of this line, all the way up in North pole, Alaska, Santa Claus. So welcome my friend, Santa Claus, Santa, how are you, my friend? Hey Josh, thanks for having me back. I know it's been, it's been a little bit of a while, but congratulations on the special element of success and also be awesome. I know you're supporting a lot of charities, including the one up here, Fairbanks Youth Advocates. So thanks again. It's great to see you again. You look great. You too, my friend. It's, uh, you know, where, where it all began and it all started. And 
you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this was because I haven't seen you in over a year. And my next trip is potentially hopefully going to be up to uh, your neck of the woods. But uh, for the audience, we've got people listening from all over the place. Where the heck is North Pole, Alaska? And tell us a little bit about the community. North Pole is in the interior of Alaska. It's a little bit southeast of Fairbanks, which is right in the middle. If you look at a map, it's right in the middle. And a lot of people don't realize that Alaska is huge. It's two and a half times the size of Texas. And yep. sometimes when you look at those maps and people put up like the news agencies and stuff, there's this tiny little Alaska in the upper left. It's much, much, much larger than what you usually see on a map. Yeah. And, and you've got uh, about 2,000 residents, right? Yep, 2,000 residents. I'm on their city council up here. And now we've got our usual challenges like most local governments do. Yep. And uh, one thing that's really cool, I mean, because of the name and because of the, the, the Christmas concept, uh, your streetlights are a little bit different than streetlights anywhere else in the United States, right? They're, they are, they're uh, candy striped. Yeah, they're, they're painted candy cane striped. And uh, you've got a number of different things around town that, that really make it feel Christmassy year round. Um, yeah, a lot of the street, street names are great. My legal name, of course, is Santa Claus, and I happen to live on Santa Claus Lane. Oh, wow. That's cool. I, I, I don't think I knew that. I didn't know you lived on Santa Claus Lane. Yeah, um, and also the uh, city uh, city hall is on uh, Snowman Lane. Oh, I, I did know that. That was when I, where I came to meet you. Um, so let's step back in time a little bit. How did you, you weren't born with the legal name of Santa Claus. You were, you, uh, you, you legally changed it and moved yeah, to North Pole, Alaska. Tell that, tell that story because, uh, you know, for folks that didn't hear the, the original podcast, I think it's a, a great one. Thank you. Well, back in 2004, I grew out my beard before I had beards, the events are browns or black and brown and a couple of the white hairs here and there. This time it grew out just like you see it now. And I was kind of surprised. A lot of my friends said, oh, you ought to do the Santa thing this winter. That would have been in 2004. And I said, okay, well, I'll give it a try. So I volunteered for more than 30 nonprofit organizations as their Santa around Lake Tahoe, where I was living on the Nevada side of the North Shore. Mm-hmm. And they had a ball. People received it really well. Uh, the kids were pleased. I had a lot of fun doing it. And um, being a monk in real life and also a child advocate, I was praying about this sort of gift, this appearance. And um, that February, so that was 2005, I was walking to the post office up in the mountains at Lake Tahoe. And this crisp, clear day, um, kind of cold, but some people had their windows open in their cars. There was not too much traffic, but as I was praying, I was praying to God, what should I do with this gift? And uh, one of the prayers was, should I change my name to Santa Claus? Well, right after the prayer, maybe 20 seconds later, I was looking and watching where I was walking, and there was snow on the ground. And this white, nondescript car came up the road toward me, and its windows were open, so I kind of glanced over. And just as it went went by, um, this male voice sounded like he was in his early 20s, just shouted out, Santa, I love you. Like that, and I figured, well, that's an answer to my prayer. So that's a really fast answer, and I took it to heart the next day, called the county clerk, and went about changing my name legally to Santa Claus. And the name change, the funny part is the name change came through the day before St. Patty's Day in 2005, (laughs) and my previous name was a good old Irish name, so I had to celebrate St. Patty's Day a little bit differently. 
<laughs> and and that's that's and then you just packed up and moved to North to North Pole, Alaska. Uh, years after that, yes, I did. I had been having some successes uh, during my child advocacy, trying to uh, persuade federal and state uh, legislators to support legislation that improves child health, safety, and welfare. Yeah. And uh, I was having success at Lake Tahoe, but calling up and saying, hey, Senator, this is Santa Claus from Lake Tahoe. I'd like you to support Megan's Law or whatever. Yeah. doesn't sound quite the same as this is Santa Claus from North Pole, Alaska, Senator or Governor. I'd like you to support this legislation. Would you do it, please? And getting into a conversation like that. And I've had even more success up here doing that as Santa Claus from North Pole, Alaska. So it was a good move for me. Um, <laughs> well received up here. We yeah. have a lot of Santa stuff going on, as you would imagine. And in North Pole, Alaska is where the spirit of Christmas lives year round. That's the town's slogan. Oh yeah, and uh, and and I know I don't think I've asked you this, but are you the only person with a legal name of Santa Claus in North Pole, Alaska? Yes, uh, in, yeah, North Pole's history. And the funny thing up here is, when I first got here, I thought it was the North Pole, but it's actually North Pole, Alaska. So yep. they dropped the. Uh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first met you, um, and I was doing a little bit of my homework, I really figured that there had to be. Um, some motive, some way to profit in all of this and, and learning about you being a monk and what you do. I mean, you literally live the life, the minimalist life and give everything you have essentially back to, to fighting for the right for, for children in dire straits. To yeah, that's true. I spend about half time every year, at least a thousand hours volunteering as a advocate for uh, vulnerable children. Those are the ones, the 2 million or more in the United States, getting close to three now, as you said, um, who are abused, neglected, exploited, abandoned, homeless, institutionalized, those who are having problems with S-CHIP, the state insurance programs and foster care and adoption, that sort of thing. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And as a monk, I took a vow of poverty. So I'm right at the poverty level uh, mm-hmm. where I live. So um, I don't, receive a salary. I just do this as a, a volunteer. I have my little, my little uh, council job over at the city of North Pole, which is also part-time. Yeah. I mean, you ride the bus. You don't even have, a, you don't have a car. You're not traveling around. I used to ride the bus. Now the coronavirus, even the bus travel is out, but yeah. ride, I don't have a car. Yeah. Um, that is amazing. Uh, I am just, you know, when I when I listened to you the first time, I learned so much about the, the choices that you've made, the decisions that you make, and the things that you do, and it's just so inspiring that you literally have given so much to that those that have so little um, and have done it with such um, commitment to to go to the levels that you've gone. Um, well, you're doing the same thing with Be Awesome. I think most people don't realize how much work you put into Be Awesome. Well, you know, one of those things, those, those silly sayings, it's, it's not work if you love what you're doing. And uh, I've been, I've loved every minute of it. I mean, honestly, the, the reality of, you know, this being able to, I would have never met you. Um, I would have never gotten to try to climb a 14 or with Aaron Ralston, a friend of mine. I would have never met um, Malia in Florida, who is, who started as a, as I think a bookkeeper at three bucks an hour at the school district uh, in Pensacola. And now she's a principal and loves what she does. I mean, uh, there's just so many great people that I'm around. And what was amazing with this shirt, which is no, again, no, no plan on the shirt, but when you wear this shirt every day, yeah, the people, the people that come to you, 
they typically aren't jerks because they're looking at something that tells them to be awesome. So you have this improved percentage chance of having really, really good people around you. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Um, to I think do that's it. true. Plus, plus you and I like to smile a fair amount. <laughs> and I think people react to that in a good way. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, there's, there was a, there's really not, if you just sit and look and look at someone and smile at them, it's hard for them to get mad at you. You know, it really is because they'll either think you're crazy or they think that they're supposed to smile back because it's funny. So, so well, you're these days, these days you want to keep that spirit up. Like you always say, keep the glass, look at it as half full and not half empty. Yep. And uh, look on the bright side of things whenever possible. I mean, you guys have the same problems. I mean, when you talk about the size of Alaska and the, and the magnitude of, of, of just the square mileage and everything, not a lot of people. I mean, you get 2,000 residents in your whole hometown, but you guys are battling the same battle we're, we're, we're doing with this with this coronavirus, right? I mean, you guys yeah. have people that, that sadly have tested positive up there as well. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, so it's this is not something, you know, one of the things that, that this podcast I've been doing for the last week has been really promoting um, local support for my, for my community because we have, uh, um, I think it's up to 29, 24, 29 positive cases in a small town, 27,000 residents. Um, but this is everywhere. And, you know, the, 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 the mindset and the attitude has to be steadfast that we're going to get through this and move forward and, and have that optimistic feeling of, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get past this. Um, well, we're supposed to have faith, hope, and charity. Yeah. And also, as you know, I believe the greatest gift, I know you believe it as well, the greatest gift one can give is love, not necessarily presents and things like that. Yeah. I think in times like this, when people are stressed and there's not enough money to go around and people are cramped up at home sometimes and the levels get a little bit intense, that uh, it's good to keep keeping you know one's mind that love is the greatest gift and keep that faith hope and charity going because your neighbors your friends your family everybody needs those yeah no a hundred percent um i'm seeing it i don't know if you're seeing it up there um i've been home for 19 days and i've seen some shift i mean there's still these little waves and bumps in the road of things but you know, 19 days ago, I came home, I landed off of a flight from North Carolina. And it was the typical bump into people, you know, trying to rush, get in a hurry to go nowhere. Um, almost, you know, some rudeness and, and, and typical stuff. And social media, same thing. There's just a lot of nonsense and noise. And what I found over the last, you know, week or two um, is this shift, uh, shift of support, shift of supporting the smaller business owners that are really struggling in many cases, a shift in support to your friends, people reaching out. I've gotten more messages from people that I haven't heard from in years on social media that are just saying, hey, just checking in, wanted to see if you are okay, haven't talked to you in a while. And one of those things that we often forget, and we just kind of think that people are always there, especially with social media. It's, it's not like a game of telephone, like you know, you and I would, would, would play back 30 years ago when I try to tell my 13 year old, almost 13 year old about how we used to have a phone with an eight foot cord. And we used to make it go 20 feet to go in our bedroom to have a private conversation. Now you put something on social media and everybody sees it or nobody sees it and you don't know, but you make assumptions. Um, and there's that real engagement of, you know, one-on-one people caring and concerning the system. So the social distance is actually bringing people 
more together in a lot of different new ways, which I think is really great. I, I hope you're seeing some of that up where you're at. You have an advantage with that. As you probably recall, I got off of social media more than yeah. a year ago. I had about 308,000 mm-hmm. followers and it just got to be too much with the way Facebook rules and all the rest of it were going. It was just too much for me. So I went in the other direction and just have my little website, Santa Claus, North Pole, Alaska.com. And yeah. that's it for me. For the time <laughs> being. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, I, I remember what it was like and it is a very useful uh, tool yeah. for people yeah. the community together and friends and people from the past you might have lost touch with. 308,000. That's a lot yeah. of followers. That's a long, that's a, that was a long run that you had and you were putting daily quotes and things on um, and totally get your, uh, uh, I can remember your shifting and, uh, and, and all that. That was, um, I think that was a good thing. And I, you know, I think that um, one of the things is you have so much interaction, human interaction in your community. Um, when I was up there, it was like, you know, everybody, uh, and the diner we went to, what was the name of that place? Oh, I had little Richards. Little Richards. Yeah, that was fantastic. I had a, uh, uh, I sent the picture of the, of the omelet that I had with everything on it, including, <laughs> including, um, including reindeer meat, um, uh, which that was, uh, in some folks' minds was kind of a, even though you're not, you know, the, the, the Santa Claus, um, uh, uh, that everyone thinks of like, like that, uh, still having, uh, Santa Claus for, with breakfast, having, having breakfast with Santa Claus and eating an omelet with reindeer sounds kind of, uh, sounds kind of funny. So, so, uh, so what else are you up to? You doing the city council? Are you up to anything else up there? You got any, uh, city council. I'm thinking of taking all those quotes that I used to post and putting them into a, a book perhaps. That'd be great. I think that's a great idea. Um, and just put it, just put it all in like a, a daily, a 365 day Santa quote book. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe have one or two editions have it brighten people's days. Dude, write me down. I'm in, I'll, I'll take, I'll definitely take a couple of, <laughs> couple copies of that. I think that's I think I would do what you have done with, uh, the be awesome t-shirts. It basically oh, yeah. do that, do it for a charity. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's out there and people are still supportive of things uh, with all of this stuff that's going on. These organizations are going to need help more than ever. You know, Fairbanks Youth Advocates is an example. You know, that was the first one that we, that we supported. We did, uh, I think we raised about $3,000 when it was all said and done, two checks uh, that we gave to them. Um, You know, they're going to need, you know, they're going to need help more than ever because a lot of times when situations like homelessness now, yeah, there's a, there's a ton. I'm amazed at how much there is up, just up in your neck of the woods. You don't think that there would be a lot of it just because of the, 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 the environment and the weather and everything. But you have a same, situation. same social forces up here as everywhere else. Yeah. I've noticed other organizations that have been popping up like childmind.org and mm-hmm. familyeducation.com. Now that people are sequestered, sometimes the schools are closing and um, people are having to be more resourceful. And one of the things I would recommend is that if people don't have one, at least get a laptop or an iPad or something like that, or a notebook, because a lot of the education I think is going to shift to online more yeah. so than before, whether it means homeschooling or not, yeah. one way or another, even for colleges or universities. So I think you'll see that shift right away. And then of course the usual advice, you know, like washing hands and, cleaning the handles of the refrigerator door and your, you know, house door and yep. 
buttons all around the place, smartphones, keyboards, all that stuff. So there'll be some changes coming down the pike, but it's also going to create jobs for other people. Just kind of a big shift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, there's a, there's great opportunity in manufacturing toilet paper right now. I don't know if there's a, I don't, <laughs> yeah. know, I don't know if it's running low. I don't the know if it's running low. Up here. Yeah. I, I get the forever roll. One roll lasts a month. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's about, it's about that big around and it's phenomenal. Uh-huh. So I keep a photograph of a, a little child, probably about three to three or three years old, looking through her front door window and mm-hmm. somebody built a little snowman on the other side with a little hat on it. And that was that family's example of social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> looking through the sheet of glass yep. on the window is cute. Yep. People are trying all sorts of stuff now to make things better. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the uh, funny toilet paper story I have is, you know, this, we're seeing this, um, this viral kind of sensation on the news and everywhere. And I think it's great that they show more of these things. Um, but there was a nine year old, uh, I'm not sure what town he was in, but uh, he couldn't have his birthday party. So the community came together, the fire department came together and they drove their fire trucks through and they had this parade of cars that uh, drove by and sang happy birthday and all this stuff. And about halfway through the parade, all you see are these rolls of toilet paper getting thrown out this car window as the birthday present for the nine-year-old. And I'm sitting there going, tell me that's not going to be a story for the rest of your life. Hey son, remember when you were nine and those people threw toilet paper, rolls of toilet paper at you for a gift and how much we appreciated it? Um, but I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy what, um, people are hoarding and, and crazy what we're, we're in this position right now where we're kind of looking at things just in a really kind of weird way of, you know, what do I really need and how much of it do I need to get by and how long do I need, need to get by with it for? So, um, yeah. you know, when I was about nine, lived in New York city and, uh, the sister closest in age to me is a year younger. Um, and I would play in the snow, and one year it snowed just a ton, right up to the rooftops of the cars in New York City, which pretty much shuts down New York City. Uh, it wasn't a coronavirus or anything like that. It was just snow, just an incredible amount of snow. And they couldn't keep the streets clear, much less pick up trash and all the rest of it. So people were pretty much sequestered, whether they liked it or not, unless they could get out and walk. So it was great for the kids because they were just – made tunnels through between the cars and stuff like that and tunnel out of their home or go out the second floor window, that sort of stuff. It was quite interesting to see how creative children can be at times of, um, times of change like this. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see a lot of creativity with kids. I know with, with our, our 12 year old, uh, he's been making all little new clay things and doing all sorts of cool stuff with his work and, um, I think this is, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this whole thing at the end of it. I, I hate to say that it takes something like this for a whole lot of good, but I think that if we focus on the good things that can come out, I think that's, I was trying to think that's Danny. a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's Danny. And then chances. Yeah, the two, how's Amy doing? Uh, Amy's doing great. Uh, then she's probably ready to, to, uh, to move someplace where, uh, where there's no, <laughs> where there's no Danny, Amy, uh, Danny chance and me, um, cause we're, we're, uh, um, we're definitely, we've made this house very small, very quick. Um, How old is Chance? Uh, he's just over two. He's already broken his leg. Um, so he, he, yeah. broke, he broke his leg just when this whole coronavirus started, um, started to kind of build up in, uh, in late January. 
So um, he's recovering. You want to keep him out of the hospital at all costs. That's the way. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, we took him in for his x-ray and uh, you know, they, the, you know, the, the, the woman for registration says, so have you been to, um, have you been, you know, have you been anywhere overseas? And no, have you been in contact with anybody that, um, that may be, may have the coronavirus. So I'm like, I'm not even drinking Coronas. I was just a joke, <laughs> right? That was, that was just a joke. I like at that time, you would, it, you didn't even think it was that big of a deal. And now it's like, everything is, you know, locked down and telehealth and everything else. Um, you know, yeah. Our representative up here, U S representative, Don Young, who's one of the longest serving members of Congress. He made a big mistake, didn't take it seriously in the beginning, called it the Corona beer virus. And so oh. he said that at a senior center. So he got slammed pretty well for it. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know if he'll be in office. Around. <laughs> Stuff, you know, it's interesting how people think about certain, certain yeah. things. Well, well it's, it's just the, the magnitude of it. You don't know. Sometimes you just don't know the magnitude of something until it's really hitting you right in the face and you're going, Oh wow. Yeah, this is. Well, somebody at the clinic, I had an emergency appendectomy in December and recovered nicely. But when I would go back for the, you know, little scans afterwards, make sure things were healing properly. They would ask me, you know, have you been traveling the last six months? And I said, yes. And they said, where? And I said, all over the world. And they said, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And I said, well, Christmas Eve, I'm everywhere <laughs> like that. They didn't think it was funny. <laughs> one of the nurses <laughs> laughed. They <laughs> were busy getting ready to scribble down all the different countries yeah. that I had visited. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have fun with it. Every house, uh, every house in one night or less. That's, uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you do. You have to find ways to laugh about it in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely a time and a place for the, uh, the jokes. I wouldn't even make the joke on the coronavirus today because you know it's it's definitely hurting a lot of people so yeah, that's pretty serious yeah yeah so let's uh i think we i think we'll wrap this thing up and then uh you and i talk a little offline here before you go and um any closing words i know you've got your closing uh i'd like to get the blessing again if you had my <laughs> no i would i was going to actually insist it but i knew i didn't need to with you so please do well to all your listeners and viewers and to you and your family of course May each of you have a lifetime that's filled with happiness, peace, good health, prosperity, and most of all, love, which is the greatest gift. So Merry Christmas in advance. Thanks so much, Santa. This is uh, much overdue. I've missed you, my friend. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping to get up and see you here in July and, and catch up in person and go to the uh, um, the, the, uh, Chinese, the Chinese, well, no, we got to go to the Chinese food restaurant that's for, true, that's uh, right. for lunch. It was diners, drive-thrus, was it diners, drive-thrus and dives? Oh, it was yeah, awesome. yeah, the pagoda. The pagoda, the pagoda yeah. in North Pole. Yeah, yeah, he profiled it, yeah. Yeah, you ever go, if you ever go to North Pole, Alaska, go to the pagoda for lunch and go to Little Richard's Diner for breakfast, hands down, some of the best eats around, so um thank you josh thank you my friend we will keep up the good work with essential elements and also be awesome we'll do my best and to the be awesome listeners we've got some more local great folks coming up this week uh had a couple of days where we i took sunday off and yesterday we had some timing issues but i've got uh, the rest of the week filled with some amazing folks that live right here in eastern massachusetts that are making the best that they can with this unprecedented, difficult time in life. And as always, if there's anybody in the Eastern area, business owner, non-business owner, just somebody that's keeping optimism and attitude like Santa Claus is, 
um, please reach out to me, Josh at be awesome. And that's Josh at B E A U S M.com. Send me an email. Let me know when you can do it. And I, I will have you on here. You can promote your company, product, service, whatever you got going on that's, that you're keeping going and, uh, and have a chat with you. Cause I'd love to do this every single day while we're going through this, uh, really tough time to try to put even just a couple of minutes of, uh, lighthearted smiles and thinking on. So in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great day.